0: From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go
1: behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's over here for guys to win.
0: Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gismondi.
1: Yeah, it's our hour long weekly Blackhawks Gab Fest every uh, Monday night. Excited to be joined in a bit by Alex DeBrinkett and a little bit later on by ESPN. Hockey reporter Emily Kaplan, but as the man said, I am Chris Bowden, joined by from the uh, Mountain Time Zone, Mister Nick Ismadi. Nick, uh, have, did you at least stay clear in your neighborhood from any falling airplane parts? Uh, wow. over How the about weekend, that? all right, right?
0: I mean, you, you and
1: I—you're the first guy. To. I thought... <laughs>
0: So yeah, no, everything was good here. Uh, that was uh, Broomfield. It was actually just about 20 minutes uh, away from me. But wow, what a scary, uh, what a scary, obviously incident. You, you obviously hate to see it, but I got to give so much credit to those pilots. It's unbelievable what they can do. That's a that's a big aircraft, the triple seven. And I'm actually on it a lot when I go back and forth between uh, Colorado and Chicago because of the <laughs> the two hubs. And it's got to be a little bit of a lurch when uh, when you lose one of those two engines.
1: Yeah, we're, we're only joking about it because yeah, nothing. There was only property damage. Yep. Thank goodness. Yep, and yep, and uh, we would want that. And, and uh, nothing else. They were able to land that thing safely. But uh, yeah, just don't pick that one the next time you, you come right. back to Chicago. But right, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, reflect. Uh, before we were joined by Alex here, let's reflect. Uh, uh, we were expecting three games. Instead, we got just two because of, uh, since our last show, because of Saturday's postponement. I would have really been anxious, and we signed off on Friday night. Knowing they weren't going to play on Saturday, I was really going to be anxious to see how this team would have responded a day after. You know, it was a tough game on Friday night, their first one in in quite a bit that was, you know, uh, uh, maybe that lopsided in the opponent's direction. I would have been curious to see how they would have responded against Carolina because Carolina certainly came back and had no problem with Tampa Bay, the defending Stanley Cup champs, the next night instead.
0: Man, Carolina's a good hockey team right now. And I, and I think there's a lot of similarities between between the Canes and the Hawks in the direction that they're going. And I mean that in the sense that they're being coached roughly the same way. Rod Brindamore has got guys in that locker room buying in ready to go through a wall for him, And Jeremy Colleton's getting that same result a little bit right now as well. So it would have been fun to see how they responded. I think that that's something that this team prides themselves on right now. I think that they... I think that they want to, to to quiet those naysayers. I think that, that they wanna make those those big moves and say, Okay, yeah, all right, we just lost uh we just lost five to three to Carolina, but watch us bounce back this night. So mm-hmm. it would have been interesting to see how they do. They're they're certainly gonna get another crack at the Carolina hurricanes, but you know, I like the fact that they're all business and it's time now to focus on a, on a good Columbus Blue Jackets team, but I will put a little caveat on that, Bodes, and maybe you'll agree with me. Columbus in a bit of disarray right now behind closed doors. It's just something's not right in that room.
1: Yeah, well, they lost uh, uh, rather one-sided to Nashville the other night after beating them, uh, I believe, the night previous, so... I saw some of the tweets coming out from their practice today. They're they're not going to be in the best of moods tomorrow night. No. To, no. So welcome the Blackhawks, and neither will the Blackhawks. And real quick, uh, before we break, a quick word on, on the news of the day. The good news, Connor Murphy looks like he's ready to go. Jeremy would not commit to that, but uh, he would be a huge addition uh, back on that blue line. Some size and some snarl uh, and, and some veteran leadership. Lucas Carlson, unfortunately, goes on the IR with a groin strain. The other bit of bad news is that Dylan Strome is in concussion protocol, even though he just Practice yesterday. Um, symptoms, I guess, have started building and coming on for a, a little bit of time. And unfortunately, it's another hit at the center position. All Jeremy says. If you heard him today, next guy up, it's an opportunity for somebody else.
0: Yeah, you hate to see the, the, the continual revolving door of injuries right now, but certainly one thing that we've learned over the last few seasons with with Jeremy Carlton and talking to him and just in his actions are is that he is hypersensitive to the concussion situation because that's truthfully what what put a put a, a quick end to his career. So I love the fact that he cares about these guys. I love the fact that he's, he's looking out for them, and I love the fact that he's hypersensitive. You know, he said in the media uh, availability today that, you know, when he sees a guy get hit that he thinks is possibly something that that could be uh, something that leads to a concussion, he checks in with him throughout the mm-hmm. game. He checks in with him days after. Um, that's a guy that cares about his team and about his boys, and it's about the long-term health of these guys. So hopefully Dylan's okay, and hopefully we
1: get him back soon. Time for our first break here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. When we come back on the other side, we'll be joined by the Blackhawks' Alex Dabrinkit, next on 720
0: WGN. Boy, Foligno just dogged, finally chips it away from Kane, and then clears the puck to center ice to bring it back. Rolls into the Jackets. on Drops it off to Kane. Give and go to Brinkett. Put it on. goal. he scores! Hawks win in overtime. The Cat with his second overtime game winner of the season. Flips it past Corpasello. And the Hawks take the measure of the Blue Jackets here tonight. 3-2. to two.
1: Although Kane and DeBrinkett combination has been sweet so far, especially here lately, Alex with 18 points in 15 games so far this season 12 points in the last 9 and he will play in his 250th regular season game tomorrow night against the Columbus Blue Jackets we are pleased to be joined now from Columbus by Alex to Alex I just want to go back to that highlight I mean you possibly had like the goal of the year there on that on that double tap uh, right at the goal mouth to win in overtime a couple of Saturdays ago against Columbus but since since that since that game you've had Kuroshev do go all McDavid on on the Red Wings defense and then you've had uh, Patrick Kane do his spin a backhand, uh are you working on something up your sleeve about uh <laughs> can you top that? Are you working on something there?
2: I might have to. I might have to start thinking about that. But no, those were were some great plays and um it's definitely fun to watch when guys can pull moves like that um out and score a goal after it.
0: Wow. Well, you could pull moves like that. So, Brinksy, I don't know if you remember. We talked about this a little bit last year, but I've actually like watched you play hockey forever because you're, you're a Michigan guy. You're Farmington. I was Plymouth. Uh, but you also were a roller hockey guy for a long time. So I was hanging out watching you play when you were at Joe Dumars field house and at some of the Narch finals <laughs> and, and doing some roller hockey stuff. Let me tell you something. If you, you, pull, you pull some of those moves that I saw you pull on the roller hockey rink on the ice. You're, you're good to go. But... Tell me about, so many guys have played, some big notable guys have played the game of roller hockey, and I really do think that it transfers well to the ice game. Obviously, there's no offsides, there's no icing, but the creativity and the vision that it creates certainly has to help on the ice hockey side.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think that was a big thing growing up for me. Is, um, you, know, you learn a lot of different skills in, in roller hockey rather than ice. I think it, it really helps you control the puck, and um, you know, you're playing with less guys on the rink at a time and um I don't know, <clears throat> there's no hitting, so it's more of a just a, a skill game, so I think that developed my skills over the years and um it's just really fun to play. So, I I had a blast playing as a kid and um, you know, it was a lot of fun.
0: You also had unreal flow back then too, if I remember
1: correctly.
2: <laughs> yeah, trying to get it back. <laughs>
1: uh Back to uh, back to the ice version here, uh, and we'll probably bounce back and forth. But uh, how much have, are you guys? Are you guys almost like chomping at the bit because this is the time you've had first time during the season that you've had three consecutive days off? Obviously due circumstances beyond your control. But uh, with with a couple practices here, the the last uh, last two days before getting back in action tomorrow night has been has there been a particular area or two coming off of that game at uh, Friday night at Carolina that you guys have been focusing on.
2: Um, yeah, in practice, I mean, we're just working on, um, you know, being clean, being crisp with passes and, and stuff like that, working hard. Um, obviously this, this is kind of a weird break for us, but, um, you know, it feels like a long time, but really, it's not that long. So, you know, we should be ready to go tomorrow. Um, we should be well rested and, um, we're excited to get ready and go.
0: Pranksy, a lot has been talked about, the combination between you and Kaner and just the chemistry out there and the creativity. That, that line, what you guys have, is a lot of, of you guys creating time and space. And I think it stems from just being good on loose pucks and being really good in transition. And, and Puce has a, has a part of that. He's, he's got that energy. He's, he's kind of creating that time and space for you. But if you had to sort of break down why that chemistry is working so well between you guys, mm-hmm. how, how would you sum it up for folks?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you did a good job. I mean, getting on loose pucks is huge. Anytime you can can win a puck battle and, um, you know, move it out of there, I think it, it, it just creates so much time and space for everyone. So, um, obviously, I'm playing with two really good players, and, um, you know, Suits can really make those nice little plays and um, open up some space, and he, he's got a pretty good shot, too. So, um, you know, he's been fun to play with, and obviously anytime you're with Canary, you just got to, get open, be ready for the passes and, um, you know, or just give him the puck and he'll pull something out like he did the other game. So, um, it's, it's a lot of fun to play with those two guys. And, um, but I think, you know, just, just the work ethic from, from those two guys is great and, um, getting pucks back and, um, you know, we want to be the best line out there every night and, um, we want to win games, so um, we're, we're trying our best to to be working hard and um, create something.
1: And it's not like the elements of those games are anything new to you or you weren't aware of it before. But you know, I, I like how you explained how you still use last year, even though uh, the bounces may not have gone as well as they had the first couple of years. How you still use last year to remain committed to an entire 200 foot game, and how that how that made you a better player, and even that is showing signs of, of, of bearing fruit uh, so far with uh, you know what you've been able to do in, in the neutral zone and in your own zone here this year.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think last year was actually a, a big developmental year for me. I think I learned to, um, you know, when you're not scoring, you got to be able to do other things to stay in the lineup or um, be an effective player. So I think that was a, a, a big thing for me to learn last year, and um, I think this year it's, it's been going well, I think, um I've really focused on winning some like fifty fifty battles and um you know trying to create space that way so um last year was 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 a good learning curve for me and um you know this year I felt pretty good with with all of it. offensive zone and and defensive zone
0: you know i I feel like i Kind of maybe ask everybody this question when when they join us on the radio or whether I catch you guys on the media availability or not. But the the vibe seems different this year with you guys, and it's hard not being there, not you know, kind of catching moods afterwards in the locker room and whatnot. But is the overall vibe of the team a little bit different this year in a, in a good way? Because it seems like that has also had a big impact on just the way everybody's playing and everybody's flowing out there.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I think when you're winning games, you're having fun. Um, it, it's just easy to be in the locker room and easy to be around the guys. Um, I think winning just makes everyone more relaxed and, um, obviously, you know, individual success comes with, you know, team success. So to have individual success, you need the team success. And I think we've been doing a good job of working hard and, um, kind of taking that underdog role in the each and every game and, um, you know, battling hard, um, you know, we're not. I've said it before, but we're not going to win off of skill alone. And we have guys who really like to battle, and 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 um, you know, be able to come away with the puck in the in the corners is is just huge and really helps us win these games.
1: Well, I know you guys have talked. Uh, you know, you're early since training mm-hmm. camp. that's where that kind of chip on the shoulder developed with uh, outside what ex- outside expectations were, but but you guys are regularly suiting up six eight rookies a game. I think everyone was aware of that, and that played into outsiders' doubts about what this team is capable of. And that rookie experience is still fresh in your mind. It was only four years ago that you were going through the same thing. How impressed are you with the impact that you know all of them have been making so far in contributing to what you guys have been able to do so far this year?
2: Yeah, a lot of them have been huge in our um, success, and I think yeah, like a few years ago, it's not easy coming into the league and um, being able to contribute right away. So um, it's definitely cool and, and fun to watch these guys, you know, battle each and every night and and really being big contributors in, in our wins. And um, I think that's what creates a successful team is, is when everyone's buying in and everyone's on the same page. And I think those guys came in and um, you know bought in right away and. and you know, took their role and knew what they needed to do, and you know that's a a big reason for our success so far. But we got to keep going; still a lot of games left, and um, you know I think they're going to be huge in in the long run.
1: That being said, uh, your sweater has been a little heavier uh, lately. You got a, you got a little mm-hmm. extra fabric on there with an with an A on a on a left shoulder there. Uh, what has that meant to you as a Grizzly four year veteran to uh, have that bestowed upon you?
2: Love to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Um, I mean. It's just uh it's it's an honor to to have that on on the jersey and obviously there's a lot of other guys I'm sure could could deserve it but um it's pretty cool to to play with that for a few games and um I mean I think even though we have a lot of young guys we we still have a lot of older and, and, and very good leaders in our room and um I think you know I've just tried to learn from them as much as I can these past few years and uh, you know I think it, it but it's definitely been a lot of fun wearing that something that uh you know Patrick Kane said the other day
0: that I I kind of chuckled at because like I said I have been watching you play hockey for a long time I watched you back at Michigan for roller and I was in the uh covering games in the OHL when you were playing down in Erie but you are a competitive guy you're soft spoken publicly but you're super competitive how much does that competitiveness add to the fun of things I mean do you have do you have not that you have side bets going on but do you, and, you and Kane and the boys in the room have some have some stuff going on I mean is there another level of competitiveness to you that's you know maybe we don't see
2: um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely pretty competitive. I think growing up with a, an older brother, um, I was always losing when I was younger. So I, I didn't like that. And I, um, you know, had to work extra hard to try to beat him. And, um, I think just, just the mentality I have is, is it's always to win. So, um, I think that goes for a lot of people in, in our dressing room. I know hockey players are pretty competitive in their own right. So I think it's, um, a lot of different games, you know, whether it's in practice or um, you know whatever it is, but it's 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 good fun and it makes us better in the long run. So I think I like getting those competitive uh, friendships going and uh, you know battling with them in practice and and even off the ice sometimes too.
1: Yeah. So so is it possible to match or exceed uh, the uh, the rink rat uh, slash hockey obsessed status of of eighty eight? There have have you matched that? Have you reached it yet? And uh, I guess on the same plane, you know, when you you two guys are out on a golf course and you're glancing down at the scorecard on 16 or 17, uh, <laughs> who's leading the way? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, on the golf course, usually Kainer. I think uh, he's a little bit better than me. Um, I'm trying to work on my game a lot out there, but. Um, usually he gives me some strokes, so that's why I'm, I'm able to to be looking at the card that I'm laying around. But um, yeah, on the ice, I mean, obviously he he wants to be the best every every day and every practice. So um, it, it's definitely cool to to learn from a guy who's had so much success in hockey and obviously has accomplished pretty much everything he can um, to to still be working so hard and want to be the best every time he goes on the ice. It's um, you know it, it's definitely helped me out, out a lot. And, He's he's one of the last ones off the ice every every day. So um try to grab that, learn from him and um, you know, hopefully I can become as good as him one day.
0: Uh, time for the hard hitting questions now. What's the handicap sitting at there, Bringsy? Oh, it's
2: it's not good. I don't, I don't know, know if I want fun. to release this information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, car, car bunch, think, I'm like a ten, so
0: I I think I'm probably <laughs> you're probably giving me strokes, so.
2: No, no, no. I think I'm I'm a little bit lower than a ten. So we'll just leave it at that. I'm definitely lower than a ten.
1: Well, all right, all right, deal. I, I'm scratching and inclined to catch up to both of you. I'll, I'll I just got that. new
0: sticks, boys, so I'm ready to yeah. go. Like I'm jonesing for golf. Well,
1: new right sticks now. don't help me as far as that concerned. <laughs> so on these long road trips, are you Facetiming Ralph and Bert to mm-hmm. check in on them, or uh, yeah. are, they, are they holding up? Are there regular daily visits with them when you're on the road?
2: Um, yeah, I Facetime them every once in a while. I'm not maybe not every day, but. Um, it's it's some FaceTimes, it's nice to see them. Unfortunately, they can't really see me in the phone. You know, they can hear the voice and they get excited, but they don't really, like, look at the phone. So, um, But it's it's cool seeing them. I get a lot of Snapchat videos and, and just um, videos in general of them playing around and stuff, so that's a little bit.
1: Were, were Shiba Inu's a new discovery for you, or, or had you had any in the, in the past in uh, your boyhood or anything like that? What was that? Were Shiba Inus uh something that you uh had in your boy uh, boyhood or is just uh something you just decided to uh, uh you know, I- invest in uh with uh, that type of uh, breed.
2: Um no so I, I uh I had an Akita as a kid huh. um which is pretty much just a bigger Shiba Inu. So I, I guess kinda, of, but not really. And I just um my first year in the league, I would always go on Instagram and see a bunch of Shiba pictures because I just think they're, they're so cute. So um, I was kind of set on that that kind of dog. So that's kind of why we, we went to, with that.
1: Yeah, you doubled your fun. Uh, congratulations on a great season so far individually and uh, with the team. Um, keep it up. Good luck tomorrow night. And uh, this final note, we'll congratulate you in advance because... Of the of five players that we've had on the show, uh-huh. four have gone on the following week to score a goal. So congratulations on yeah. uh, on scoring a goal this week. <laughs> yeah, you're right? gonna
2: bury one tomorrow. I <laughs> hope I keep the contra-
1: <laughs> tradition. Pressure's on. Hey. Pressure's on. Just like those highlight reel goals. Alex, thanks a bunch for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, again, good luck tomorrow night.
2: Thanks, Frank C. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
1: Alex Lirinka joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive, and maybe someday when Alex is driving, too. So, time for our break here. Coming up, uh, we have the news straight ahead with Vic Vaughn. And on the other side, we'll visit with ESPN hockey writer Emily Kaplan. She had a great article about a week ago about Duncan Keith and uh, some of his training methods uh, and uh, pulling back the curtain on some new things that we didn't know about. We'll discuss with her and how the Blackhawks uh, are envisioned around the rest of the nhl that's straight ahead when blackhawks live continues on 720
2: wgn over the years you you try to learn more and more um on things that are going to try to help make you better as a player you know breathing and those type of things were uh was just another avenue uh there's lots of uh lots of information out there and try to learn from everybody uh you into contact with you can learn something from everybody right and had a lot of good trainers over the years and uh feel like it's it's been a huge uh, thing for my career
1: that's duncan keith last week responding to what i believe was a nick is uh question uh during a a session with the reporters of uh on the blackhawks beat welcome back to blackhawks live presented by chevy drive chicago.com drive what Kane and taves drive and it all emanates from a, a great story, if you didn't catch it, that came out about a week ago on ESPN.com by our next guest, Emily Kaplan, called The Secrets to Duncan Keith's Longevity. You can follow her at, at Emily M. Kaplan. Emily, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm
3: good. I miss hearing your voice and miss seeing you guys every day even
1: more. Yeah, same here. So, so don't deny it. Come clean. You went into. That interview with Duncan and the first question was going to be about breathing, wasn't it? Go ahead. Come clean. Just tell us.
3: <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, um, I'd wanted to talk to him for a while. And, you know, being around the Blackhawks and listening to different players and staff members, you always hear that this is a guy that puts in all of the work off the ice and does all of the little things. And I wanted to know what that looked like. And so I just kind of pried him to give me as many details as he could. About what he does. And when he said breathing, I, I was pretty surprised because, you know, he said it all stems down to four fundamental things for him sleep, nutrition, um, food, and eating, uh, breathing rather. And, and the first three you hear about all the time, but breathing is much less covered. <laughs> you
2: amazing. know,
0: I, 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 I always, I always. I always pump your tires cuz you are you are one of my favorite people. When I got to Chicago last oh. year, you, you know, I felt so at home right away. Chris obviously was a big part of that mm-hmm. and Edzo and Pat and you and it just felt like i felt like i'd known you guys forever and then you know obviously just the professional that you are i gotta ask you this question everybody asks me "Is this team for real right now do you what is your overall sense on this chicago blackhawks team i'm excited about where they're headed and and where they're at right now but you're as close to it as i am what's what's your take
3: My take is this is a team that's obviously better than we expected and has all the tenets of a good team, right? You know, going into the year, I used to cover the NFL, and I always said there was this adage, if there's two quarterbacks, it means you have no quarterback. Well, they came in with three goalies, and I was like, there's no way they have a goalie. But it turns out they do have a goalie, and that's Kevin in. You have the high-end skill talent. I know you guys just talked to Debrinkat, who's you know having a great bounce-back year. But, of course, Patrick Kane is still competing at such a high level. Um, the rookies are competing. And, and you know, all together, it, it's working. Um, you know, whether this is a team that can compete with the top teams. Well, before the season, Stan Bowman said, I'm not sure. But once they get the full squad back, once Kirby Dock is back, hopefully Jonathan Tays as well. Um, this is a team that I think is not really in much of a rebuild, but could retool pretty quickly.
1: Do you yeah, sense? Great. Do you sense that, that there's also, you know, kind of raised eyebrows around the league as well with, you know, uh, how this team has has been as competitive and to a certain extent ex- successful as it's been, and uh, you know, I'm sure people are are starting to, you know, have a little greater appreciation now for who Jeremy Carlton is and, and what he is as a coach too.
3: Oh, totally. You know, it was right after, I can't remember when this was, because months are totally a blur, but let's say it was about a month or two before the season. Join the club. I remember talking to <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, an NHL coach, and we were just kind of running down the league, and I was, you know, what, what teams do you see here or there? And we're talking about the teams at the bottom, and he goes, easy, it's going to be Chicago and Detroit. Um, and Chicago doesn't look like Detroit, right? They look a lot better than Detroit. So um, just going off of that, I know that the expectations were quite low for this team, Um, you know, especially when the GM comes out and, and publicly says, you know, we're rebuilding, even though this is something that's been going on the last couple of years, when you see the players that they let go and not really replacing them and when they make the commitment to bring in all of these new players and get them time when they weren't proven, but Um, I think a lot of folks around the league realize that Chicago is not an easy out and it's wild to me, but it's where we're at, where they're competing for a playoff spot.
0: Emily, you're plugged into to so much of the news, not only with, with the Chicago Blackhawks, but what's going on around the league. And A lot is being said about you, you're seeing more GMs jump in on the draft situation, and are they going to push that, and how's that going to look this summer? Do you have any insight on, on what the timing of the rest of this year and, and the, the quote-unquote season is going to look like, or or can we expect it to be moderately status quo?
3: Well, we know the Seattle expansion draft is going to happen after the Stanley Cup. That has to happen because they're going to have a team next year. And everything is about gearing towards normalcy in 2021-2022. Um, but I did have an interview with Bill Daly. This is now two weeks ago. And I asked him specifically about the draft, um, whether they were going to move it back, whether there was a chance they would just group the 21, 20, 2021 draft and 2022 draft together. Um, they said it's something that's on his agenda. He just wasn't able to get to the last couple of days or weeks because of you know everything going on. And they were trying to figure out how to get the season back on track when it was looking a little fragile. Um, there does seem to be an appetite, though, to move this draft back. He did say, though, that 2021 and 2022, we won't just pull all those players together and have one big night. It will be two distinct events. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked just because there's been such a lack of evaluation. Some of these junior leagues are not up and running um, that we wouldn't see the draft when it typically is scheduled.
1: I want to jump back to uh, your visit with Duncan for, for a bit. And, um, you, you know, it seems to resonate. And he's done this with us, too, when we've had a chance to talk to him a handful of times since the season began. But just embracing the challenge when uh, everyone on the outside would seem to think that, okay, these are guys of one cups. They uh, yeah, have all these rookies on the team. Uh, they're in for a long rebuild. Uh, these guys are going to want out. But uh, he was emphatic once again with you talking about how he doesn't want to go anywhere. Even though he's 37 years old, you know, he sees himself still playing for a long time, and that just kind of lends to the conviction that he truly believes that he can be a part of whenever this next Stanley Cup comes to the Blackhawks, and he's he's a believer that uh, you know this is uh, a new core is developing with some of these younger players that you know can at least uh, come close to reaching that that type of mountaintop.
3: You're right. There's so many facets to it, too. Like, you mentioned he's 37. He doesn't play like he's 37. I think a lot of fans have a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that he's 37. You know, he told me he feels like his energy levels are as high as they've ever been. I mean, it's probably because of all the things he's doing off the ice. But yeah, you know, we as fans and of the sport and those who cover the sport, we often speculate what people want, right? We know that hockey players' number one desire is winning a Stanley Cup. And we assume, well, Chicago's not close to winning a Stanley Cup. Of course, Duncan Keith would want to go somewhere else. And, you know, the reason he does all this to his body is because he takes so much pride in playing at elite level. Didn't he want to maximize that the last couple of years he has, but you also don't realize that they're human beings. I mean, we do realize that, but we have to take it into account and they all have different desires and needs. And perhaps legacy is really important for him, you know, playing entire career with one organization, maybe it's loyalty. You know, he, he spoke about the ownership and, and management, um, you know, being so good to him over the years. And maybe it's just a comfort thing. He, he likes his life in Chicago. Personally, he feels comfortable here. So all of those are factors that, that probably are playing into the decision. But it really doesn't sound like this is someone who wants to wave his no-trade clause or is even envisioning doing that.
0: Well, I think you nailed it right there, Emily. I mean, the, certainly the thing that knocked me over the head when I got to Chicago last year, in addition to what I said earlier about you and Bodes and everybody just being unbelievably nice to me over the top, is, is that that is a white-glove organization. It's first class, and you you get the feeling like, man, I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. Like, this organization, this city, I mean, it's one of the greatest cities in the world. It's one of the greatest sports franchises in the world. Why, why would you want to bail on that? No,
3: completely. You know, there, there's so much good here, and, about this core that's left and they want to see it through together you know i, I think no one wants to see the one that's jumping ship or abandoning um right. they take a lot of pride in what they were able to accomplish together and they want to finish it together
1: all right uh, uh, two, two more references in your article there uh am i am i lost am i totally off the planet here uh i've never heard of Normatech boots and <laughs> i have never heard of juve lights before um maybe <laughs> other Norma people have can, can you educate me on that
3: uh, Normal check boots. I've seen a bunch. You know, guys. Uh, Hockey Canada was giving it to all of their players in their rooms when they were quarantining for the World Juniors. Uh, it's something that helps with recovery. Juve Light seems a little more influencer to me. Like that's <laughs> something that you might hear about. at like Coachella, um, right. It's his infrared <laughs> lights that uh, lights that help you with healing. Um, but what I think is so fascinating about Duncan Keith is he's like, you know, there are all of these gadgets, and I'm not gonna lie. Like I've tried a lot of them, and, and some of them are expensive. But again it only it comes all down to the four pillars it's, it's sleep its nutrition its hydration and its breathing and whatever can help you with those four is fantastic but you really need to focus on those four basics, and, and I think that's a great philosophy.
1: Well, well as, Troy, as Troy Murray said, he referenced that article as well during one of the broadcasts last week, and, and Troy said, uh, you know, I'm in total agreement with with Duncan. Every time I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I check is if, I, is, is if I'm if i breathing, okay? So <laughs> that's, that is the most important and thing. And you
3: know what? We were all making jokes about it, like, oh, that's so simple. It's just breathing, but like... If anyone's ever taken a Pilates class or a yoga class and you hear your instructor talking about it and you understand how much breathing is fundamental to every movement that your body does. So if you master the right technique, He's
1: probably conserving a lot of energy, and that's why he can play those big minutes. Well, hey, yoga, Pilates, what are those things, too? Can you fill me <laughs> out? we got to educate that's you
0: boys. <laughs> I'm going to get you some Norma Tech boots. As, I'm going to get you a yoga yeah, class. It's I think gonna I be unbelievable. We'll yeah, get you some TENS I, devices. I want you know, to try
1: the Juve lights, yeah. too. Um, <laughs> as we let you go, thanks <laughs> yeah, again for your time. Th- thanks thanks again for your time. Um, uh, but on your on your Twitter profile, it also says bagel snob. What, what makes a bagel snob? Hmm. These are
0: the You know, questions I, I've then. said
3: this to a lot of people. I probably am not comfortable saying it to a Chicago audience, but I will. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, and I lived in New York, and the bagels are superior there. And since I've lived in Chicago, I just have not been able to find a good bagel. Uh, I do, just don't think they're do, good here in the Midwest. Do, so. we,
1: do we dare ask you about pizza or no?
3: Oh, no? pizza's fine. Oh, I mean, okay. like, look, it's a different <laughs> breed. Deep dish. You can get some good thin crust, but bagels, no one in Chicago has been able to perfect it. And there's a lot of people who are trying, and they're fine, but... Nothing's
0: like at home. We'll My Christmas that. list is now complete for
1: all of you. I know what Emily's getting.
0: I know what Bose is getting. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to be...
1: And I have just. no idea what any of those things cost <laughs> either, so good luck with that, too. Emily, uh, fantastic, job on, yeah, fantastic job on that piece. We know you've been uh, crazy busy. A great piece today on the Seattle Crockett and their, uh, their training and equipment. I know you've been busy today on the Artemi Panarin story, so thanks for carving out some time with us, and uh, hope to see you back at the United Center soon.
3: My pleasure. So nice to talk to you guys. Have a great
1: one. Likewise. Emily Kaplan from ESPN joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. We're heading down the home stretch. Uh, Nick and I back with some uh, final thoughts on the week past, the week ahead, and some other things as well involving all things Blackhawks. That's straight ahead on 720 WGN. Chris Bowden, Nick Ismondi back as we head down the home stretch on Blackhawks Live. Presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Our thanks to Alex Debrinken and Emily Kaplan for joining us earlier here this hour. And, uh, Nick, as, uh, we look ahead here to the coming week, um, once again, this is, uh, facing one of those teams that the Blackhawks Carolinas, one of them in the Columbus Blue Jackets, who the Blackhawks have already seen four times in their own barn are another one of those teams that you like elements to, to kind of take your game from and uh uh take from their game and, and apply it to yours. I think so far the Blackhawks have done a pretty good job of that, especially in Columbus's case, but you always have that caveat because Columbus is one of these few teams since that opening week of the season that has beaten the Hawks in regulation and as you know we kind of talked a little bit earlier, uh that Columbus team coming off a not so great performance and the Blackhawks are probably feeling the same way going into tomorrow night too.
0: Yeah, tomorrow's game is going to be I think a big measuring stick because you've got both who are who are fired up and ready to go. Hawks chomping at the bit to to prove that okay, that loss to Carolina not a big deal that they can get it back. Uh but there's obviously something going on weird in that locker room. Um that team has just been really up and down and hot and cold and it's hard to know what's going on. Uh, you know, I like Tortorella as a hockey coach. I think that that's a guy that that would go through a wall for you. Um you know, so I'm not quite sure. I think he wants them to play a certain way, and I think he's trying to build a culture. And I think maybe there just could be a little bit of pushback there. So we'll we'll see what happens. But two tough games, and then a little bit of a reprieve coming back home to to take on Detroit, and then they ramp right back up because you got Tampa Bay on back to back nights to to start March. Actually, three in a row against right. Tampa Bay. Right. Um, uh, but the first two back to back. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of uh, couple of weeks here. But I love it. I love. I I'm excited to watch these guys play because I can see that compete. And for me, that's what I get excited about. I, I love seeing them improvise and adapt and overcome every game and, and roll with the punches. It's fun to see right now.
1: Yeah, one thing that the Blackhawks are working on, and we've seen kind of the absence of Andrew Shaw trickle-down effect because both of those power play units were clicking so well. And it was it's unrealistic to think that they would be at a... 35 or 40 percent clip uh that would be super greedy based on what the power play has been over the course of the last three or four years but uh that wasn't to be expected but there was you know a a piece in that one power play unit that quote unquote first unit that is now missing with the absence of Andrew Shaw and Jeremy Colleton's trying to find some pieces especially in that bumper that rover spot right in front of that going so far as to use Adam Boquist more recently here Ryan Carpenter experiencing that for the for the very first time in order to get this uh, power play back on track. Uh, they, they're 2-for-12 over their last four games. And uh, everyone who's been talking after the last two practices when asked about the power play says it's not so much that. It's about getting more consistent entries. And, you know, that's something that they've probably been working on in practice here the last couple of days. And, you know, we, we get to see what kind of results that they may have for that tomorrow night, too.
0: So. Yeah, yeah great point. I mean, it's, it's clean entries, but it's also, the, you know, the thing that Andrew Shaw was so good at was it, – it cal- Capitalizing on those loose pucks. Like, Mm -hmm. loose pucks are going to happen on a power play. You you obviously have them outnumbered. You have to be able to jump on top of that. And then it's just about possession time and creativity. Andrew Shaw's so good with that. And, you know, listen, I've watched uh, Ryan Carpenter play for a a long time as well. I think this is a guy that 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 might be able to figure it out. But it's a hard job. Listen, it's a hard job. And I know that he texted back and forth with, with Andrew about some tips on how to do things. And it's not necessarily something that you can... You can just be told how to do it. It's a feel thing. It's a it's it's a get out there and do it thing. So I'm interested to see if if Carpy can kind of sort of figure it out. I think he will. Um, but yeah, give it give it a minute. That power play is going to come back. The fundamentals are right. It's just a little bit of a changeup. And when you had a guy so instrumental like Andrew Shaw, now not a part of it. It's going to take a minute to figure out who's going to be that guy.
1: Well, on top of that too is is as we talked about at the top of the show, we don't know how long Dylan Strome is going to be out. Man. We certainly hope it's short term, but if he is unable to go starting tomorrow night, he was also a part of that power play. You know, when yeah. when he and he and Debrinket are clicking, when he has that short pass from you know the left side of the net or the right side as he is on with uh, Dubrincik waiting on the other side. Granted, other teams have been scouting that and been ready for that for over the course of the last handful of games, but you know that's another important piece that that Jeremy has to figure. out out in order to fill in some spots on that power play too. Yeah,
0: going to be interesting to see how they adapt to this situation. The one thing that I do like about the power play setup, they have a couple of different options and we started to see some of those, you know, option B, option C, option D a few weeks ago, so now they're going to have to fine-tune that a little bit, and I, I think that's what you'll see them working on in practice. I would imagine these last couple of days there hasn't been, obviously, very much media there uh, watching. I think Ben Pope traveled with them for a few games, but it mm-hmm. uh, be interesting to see just how much time they are putting in on the power play and, and, and how many different looks they're going to try, maybe and even experiment with. Maybe maybe against Columbus, but I think if you're going to really look for some, some quality power play experimentation, I think you'll see it uh, on the weekend against Detroit.
1: One other thing, the Blackhawks uh, revealed, announced, unveiled today is the fact that uh, they will be wearing. I think every, just about every other team in the league yeah. has re- worn their reverse retro jerseys. We haven't seen that from the Blackhawks, but they will starting on Sunday in Sunday's game against Detroit. They'll wear those reverse retros. The two other dates that they have are Sunday, March 28th, against Nashville, and Thursday, April 8th versus Dallas. So. Uh, a new look that everybody can uh, be looking forward to. And uh, those are those are some sharp threads. Almost dressed as sharp as Nick Gismati does. No, 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 no. You're the man with the suit <laughs> game.
0: Remember, you and me were supposed to get suits this summer yes. until everything went crazy. All I right. was like, I was admiring your, your wardrobe last year. But they sent us jerseys, right? Like, we get... I mean, like the Hawks oh, are going to send us oh, a reverse red throw. I don't right? know. I don't know. Okay. Maybe you got right. that deal. I'm not sure. If I right. I do, I'll make but. some phone calls for us <laughs> tomorrow.
1: <laughs> uh, always a blast here. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, stay safe and uh, look forward to doing it again next Monday night. Uh, outstanding job as always, and uh, thanks for your help with Alex and Emily. Right. Yeah, you too, my friend.
0: Always, uh, always a pleasure, and I uh, can't wait. To, uh, I love our Mondays, and occasionally a Tuesday. But oh. next next week it'll be Monday.
1: Always fun. Stay safe. Good talking <laughs> to you, Nick Gizmati nice joining us here on Blackhawks Live, and uh, some uh, other notes to pass along. Tomorrow night's game, you can hear it at six o'clock here on WGN. As John Wideman and Troy Murray will have the call for you. Six o'clock puck drop in Columbus. I'll have the pregame for you at five thirty. Same way on Thursday night when they wrap up what was to be a six game road trip, turning into a five. With 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 uh, these two games in three nights against Columbus. Then the Blackhawks back home for five in a row, back-to-backs at home Saturday and Sunday versus Detroit, and then they will play the Tampa Bay Lightning for the first time since those opening two games of the season. Uh, That'll happen starting next week, three straight home games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That will uh, certainly be interesting to see how the Blackhawks fare now versus the way they fared against them in those opening two games of this 2021 season. Many thanks to pass along here. First of all, the Blackhawks Media Relations Department helping us set up with Alex Debrinken. Thanks to Alex for spending about 15 minutes with us. ESPN.com hockey writer Emily Kaplan as well. Thanks as well to our producer, Curtis Koch, as well as our engineer, Krista Flores, and to you, for listening. Once again, uh, join us next Monday night, seven o'clock. That's our next round of Blackhawks Live presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Coming up after the eight o'clock news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with Vic Vaughn, it's John Landecker. For Nick Gizmani and everyone here, I'm Chris Bowden. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have yourself a great night.